Vero Beach, Florida, what was once a home to thousands who served in the Navy and Marines in World War II is now known for its peaceful beaches and museums. In the 1930s, a large lot of land just miles away from the Atlantic was converted into a housing base for servicemen and women. The U.S. Naval Station was right across the street and made it an easy commute for soldiers fighting the war. In 1948, after the war, part owner of the Los Angeles Dodgers, Branch Rickey, was looking for a place to host his team's spring training camp. That place became Dodger Town. Welcome into episode two in our Saints training camp series. If you missed last week's episode on the first Saints training camp at Cal Western in 1967, go listen to that now on iTunes or the Saints app. It's also available on NewOrleansaints.com. This week we'll focus on the 1974 Saints training camp that took place in Dodger Town in Vero Beach, Florida. The 1973 Saints team went five and nine and hadn't won more than five games since the team's start. Owner John Meekham Jr., six years into ownership, was ready for change. Obviously it was special to them, maybe it would be special to us. Meekham decided to bring the black and gold to the sandy shores of Vero Beach. The Dodgers franchise had won four World Series since conducting spring training in Dodgertown. Meekham was hoping that winning luck would rub off on his team. Walter O'Malley, owner of the Dodgers, decided he had too much property on his hands to stay barren for nine months out of the year. The O'Malley's wrote Meekham and welcomed him to Vero Beach to take a tour of the facilities that would eventually become home to the Saints. We went down there and it was ideal. With the expanse of the place, we had numbers of fields to work with, great mess hall. It was, it, it was just a great facility. Dean Kleinschmidt, the Saints head trainer from 1971 to 2000, recalls just how state-of-the-art the facility was. I mean, we were the first non-baseball team to be there, but it was a really um, terrific uh, facility um, for a sports team. From the dining hall to the housing um, to the practice fields, I mean, it was nothing was more than a 60-second walk from your motel room, to the dining room, to the locker room, to the training room, to the practice field and, and stadium. So it was all very self-contained. Though the property was state-of-the-art for a baseball team, the Saints and Dodger Town personnel who worked behind the scenes had their work cut out for them. They had to convert several baseball fields into football fields. We had to um, ship in goalposts uh, like I think we had three practice fields, so three sets of goalposts. Um, we we did put one practice one field out in the outfield of the stadium. So instead of a home run fence out there in center field and right field, uh, there were goalposts out there. Dan Simmons, or Chief as most people know him, was the head equipment manager for the team for 42 years and still has responsibilities with the team. Chief had the tall order of getting everything a professional team needed to a location 732 miles away from its home base in Metairie. They had uh, baseball locker rooms, which were, were small, uh, and they had these little small chicken wire framed lockers is what they used. Their, their laundry, laundry facility was, was, uh, was small. They had some 
they were limited on the number of machines and washers and dryers they had there. Of course, they weren't, again, it was a baseball facility, not, not football. We had transport load up all the weights and all the, when I say field equipment, I'm talking about the tackling uh, dummies and sleds and things like that. We had to transport all of those over there. We took the kitchen sink. We took whirlpools. We took our treatment tables. We took our scaffolding for the video to build these massive video towers. Um, in those days, we weren't using the cherry pickers. Uh, our video guys would climb this huge um, scaffolding and then video from up there. So we had to build that. Uh, the weight room, we had one, oh, we must have taken three 18-wheelers and one flatbed 18-wheeler. We took all of our weights. They had no weight room in those days. I mean, everybody knew baseball players didn't lift weights in those days. So we, there was nothing down there in terms of fitness. Wow. So we took our bikes, treadmills, uh, all, of the, all of the dumbbells, the weights, the barbells, everything machines um we, we took everything down there um and 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 set up dean and dan were the men in charge of transporting everything to dodger town when dean first arrived on campus he was welcomed by dodger town personnel he was welcomed by one staff member who thought this was going to be more of the kellerman's resort than a training camp i'm fred uh i'll be your uh recreation director and i went uh I'm sorry. Uh, he said, "No, I'm. I'm. I'll be your your uh, recreation director uh, once the team gets here. I'll be setting up um, the um, oh, the contests and the uh, tournaments for the wives. Uh, you know, the bridge tournaments, um, golf, uh, shuffleboard, uh, swimming games for the kids, um, fishing tournaments for the players. Uh, I'll I'll be setting all that up." Uh, just the way we do for baseball, for the Dodgers. I went, I'm sorry, Fred, but let me tell you something. <laughs> there is going to be no recreation, no tournaments. There's going to be no contests, and there's going to be no families. Wives and children don't come to training camp. We come to training camp to work. We, we, we're going to practice all day long, twice a day, uh, and then we're going to have meetings at night. And if they do have, uh, if they do have free time, It'll be around uh, 10 o'clock at night for maybe 45 minutes before curfew. Mm -hmm. So I'm sorry, Fred, but there's going to be no summer employment for you. You think football is still fun? Is no. it fun? No, sir. No. No, sir. Absolutely not? Zero fun, sir. All right. Unfortunately, converting the fields was not the biggest obstacle of camp. July 1st, 1974 was the beginning of the veteran strike in the NFL. Players wanted many things to be changed. They wanted pay for preseason games, and they wanted the ability to change teams after their contract expired. At the time, it was known as the Roselle Rule. Today, this is known as free agency. Players would not report to training camp until owners agreed to their terms. Joel Parker, a wide receiver out of Florida, was selected in the fifth round of the 74 draft by the Saints. As a rookie, Parker showed up at Dodgertown surrounded by people who were probably better fit for the YMCA league than a professional football team. But the team needed 50 to 60 players to conduct practice. And with the veterans holding out, the Saints were forced to look elsewhere for talent. 
we had guys in camp that were just really not uh, not qualified to be there, but they were they were trying to be all that they could be and live a dream. After a few weeks of withholding from camp, the veterans arrived at Dodger Town to join the rookies. One of these veterans, the great Archie Manning. In an interview for WalterO'Malley.com, Archie says he was at the Dodger Town facility while on strike and instead filled his day with playing golf on the courses within Dodgertown. As a rookie receiver, Parker recalls trying to catch passes from quarterbacks who couldn't even get the ball across the field. Parker said it was a few weeks before he caught a ball from his team's quarterback. It was sure nice to have the veterans come into camp and work with our players there, I'll tell you that. Once the team was finally together, it was time for the real work to begin. The Saints had six losing seasons and a veteran strike in their rear view. Now, it was time to focus on winning. So we would start the day at a, a very nutritious, endless buffet breakfast. I don't remember exactly time-wise, but probably about 7 o'clock. We'd go into a, a uh, breakdown. Uh, we'd, we'd start out with a, 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 a team meeting together, very short, break it down into individual position meetings for, a, for, I don't know, an hour maybe, go out and have a practice in the morning, 9 o'clock-ish, hour or so practice. Uh, that practice normally would have been in, uh, in probably helmets and shoulder pads, but not, not full gear. Uh, break that down, and every, every practice is filmed. So you, you watch films of every practice, every play, all day. Um, we'd come in from that morning practice, have lunch, have, an, have a kind of an early mid-afternoon practice, um, have more meetings, um, have dinner, uh, and then go out for our third practice of the day. Normally, that one would be in pads and under light. Parker, 22 at the time, took training camp very seriously. He wanted to make the team, and he wanted to make a good impression during his first season. But Parker remembers not everyone took camp so seriously. When the veterans got into camp, one night some of the, uh, I would call, more southern boys uh, had it was either an armadillo or a possum, and I'm not sure which it was. It was either an armadillo or possum, and they put it in the trash can. And they leaned the trash can at a probably a 45 or 50 degree angle against the door of one of the other players in the middle of the night and knocked on the door and then <laughs> took off so that when the player opened the door inward, the trash can fell forward into the hotel room he was staying in and of course this animal goes running in fast forward to breakfast a few hours later the player comes in and he is hot 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 looking for the culprits that played the joke on him and of course nobody would uh, would confess but i tell you there it was a a very tense and yet funny moment that 60 guys were laughing and two guys were not laughing <laughs> Near the end of July, the Saints traveled back to New Orleans, 18 wheelers and all, to begin their exhibition games in Tulane Stadium. Louisiana was building the Superdome at the time. The commissioner of the NFL, Pete Roselle, along with local Dave Dixon, wanted the team to play in a closed dome because of the thunderstorms that had plagued games at Tulane Stadium in the past. The team was supposed to play in the Superdome for their 74th season, and it was also the proposed site of the 1974 Super Bowl. 
but the dome wasn't completed until the following year. The Saints, led by Archie Manning, went five and nine back-to-back -back seasons in 73 and 74. Peter Finney Jr., longtime Saints fan, knew the talent Archie had, but looks at the surrounding factors as at fault for the lack of success. You know, they had a lot of, they had some talent, they had a running game, the defense was pretty decent, and, and Archie was making plays. Uh, it's just uh, unfortunate that there was so much turnover in coaching staff and just, uh, uh, and other things that Archie just never really had a shot. The good juju that Meekum had hoped would rub off on his team at Dodgertown never came around. The team didn't win more than 10 games until 1987, and that was after a complete franchise turnover. That team came with a one-two punch of Jim Mora and Bobby Bear, and the ultimate protection of the Dome Patrol. But that team, too, would look for the playbook to success thousands of miles away from home.